Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Men on Purpose podcast, where we celebrate men on purpose and we provide our listeners with wisdom and immediately actionable steps to be more purposeful, powerful, and positive in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Ian Lobos, and on today's show, we welcome a very special guest in my life, Mr. Rock Thomas. So Rock is a motivational speaker, best-selling author, and the host of the I Am Movement podcast. From a farm boy to a real estate and business guru, He's a mentor of mine and mentor of many people and a self-made millionaire. Rock has studied one-on-one with some of the world's best teachers, including Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Gary Keller, and many more. His mission to inspire others and create their best life on their terms, that's what he's about. And after decades of learning from the greatest minds on the planet, working with and coaching thousands of people in his workshops and webinars, Rock has impacted over 100 million lives. Yes, you heard that right. 100 million lives with his teachings. His Goalcast video alone was viewed by over 100 million people. Now he spends his time teaching people how to be financially free and truly happy on their terms, whether they work for themselves or for others. Rock's the founder of the I Am Movement, and he's known as a man who redefines lives. Now, a couple other things of note. Rock is the founder and chief visionary officer of the M1 Mastermind. And that is where I started my journey with Rock. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Rock's got a ton of books, including your uh, Power of Your Identity, your Epic Life Blueprint, author and trainer of the Top 10 Rules of Success, and a ton of other stuff. So without further ado, this is my great friend and mentor. Welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here because you are in the right seat in this uh, process. I love you as uh, as the host, and you've done a lot of hosting for some of the stuff in our mastermind, and people love your wisdom and your curiosity. Yeah, two things that I want to talk to you about, which is finding the right seat and being really curious. You know, my podcast journey started with you. It started with the the M1 podcast, and... I was talking with someone the other day about shortcutting the line or fast tracking yourself to the front. And somebody said, well, how do you do that? And I said, you be genuinely, passionately curious, a Rock Thomas-ism, <laughs> and you be the squeaky wheel and offer an insane amount of value to someone who needs it. And that was me to you. And you said, you know, I'm busy and I, I, I don't have a ton of time to do that, to do the podcast at that point. This was a couple of years ago. And I said, I'll do it. And you said, have at it, buddy. There you go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that a lot of people underestimate the value of just showing up after you show up and being helpful and being inquisitive. And that leads to a lot of doors opening because talent is so rare. And when you have a growing enterprise, you're looking for people that can fill in seats so you can move on and cast the vision again. And, but you were more than that, Ian. You, were, you weren't just passing by. You, right. you showed up as a phenomenal student in the membership. You signed up for every course we had, every extra course we had. <laughs> you said yes, as we teach in that, and to a lot of things. 
And then you just kept on getting into quality conversations with anybody and everybody. And that goes up, that doesn't go unnoticed. And yeah. you, you worked your way to the top as you have in your life. Yeah. I'm, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you clearing that too. Cause it's, it's not a be a squeaky wheel and somebody will pay attention to you. It's, I started my journey in, in rocks mastermind, the M one mastermind. And I had done personal development before. However, this was where a fire hose got attached to my face. And when you say yes, rocks intense stare as he's strapping the fire hose on you, like on me, I was like, holy shit, what am I in for right now? But listen, just say yes, and you'll figure it out if this is what you're committed to, your self-growth. And that's a message that I tell people now, like literally everybody that talks to me that says, where do I begin? I'll tell them, find a great mentor or a great group and just open yourself up and ask as many questions as possible and do everything you can to learn as much as possible from the, from the person running it. That's the, I mean, that's the best thing you can do. So what else, what other advice would you give people that are listening right now to get their path started? I mean, we're talking at a high level, but what if somebody's just sitting there like I was five years ago, like, I don't know what to do. I don't, this is intimidating. I don't want to be around all these guys who are more successful than me. I mean, there was a lot of insecurity there. Yeah. I mean, it's cliche what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because people don't do it is number one thing is you got to spend time getting clear on what's important to you. Yeah. And really asking yourself, what do you love? What bothers you? What bothers me is watching people live a life where they're doing a job they hate. Yeah. So I created M1 as a way to give people an opportunity to have other choices. It's a, it's a virtually an entrepreneurial school. Yeah. And it helps you discover things like Mike Shogren, who discovered he could teach, and now he's the Airbnb guy, retired his wife, his self, and his mom. So people don't know what they don't know. And if you want to do things a lot and you want to be hungry like a Michael Jordan or a Tiger Woods, you have to first know what you love. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to go to a job that you don't love all the time. You're not going to stay late and go in early. So number one is get clear on what you love. And if you, if you don't, journal about it, write about it, talk to people, try different things. The second thing is when you get in there deep, you've got to say yes to things bigger than you. Yeah. And you're great at that. And that's why you continue to grow and evolve so much. But there's actually science behind it. Stephen Kotler wrote about it in The Rise of Superman. He says that when you get adrenaline junkies, guys that go to the edge like uh, Sean White and snowboarding and stuff, the body creates chemicals and hormones to give you superpowers, literally. Yeah. Slow time down, let you have pattern recognition. So that's great for an athlete. But Ian, if, if somebody's in the business world, they're trying to grow themselves and they keep on playing safe and playing small and they don't want to do business development and they're asked to do cold calling in front of other people and they go, no, I'll do it in my office alone. They're never accessing the super, the Superman cape or the Wonder Woman cape. Yeah. Love that. That's really they're working harder. And that's what's been one of my gifts is I just keep on saying yes and saying yes and saying yes. And yeah, I'm freaked out and yeah, I'm afraid, but guess what? I'm also fully alive. <laughs> right, right. Right. The shit's pumping through my system and I'm yeah. paying attention and I'm on the edge and what's going to happen now? I, where, what did I step into? I mean, I ended up on Celebrity Apprentice a couple of years ago because I said yes to a <laughs> golf game. That led to another yes and another yes and I'm on Celebrity Apprentice and then it led to us going to play golf in Mexico with a billionaire. All that happened because I said the first yes. Most people 
or saying, well, but what if I, how, how, who's going to be there? How much does it cost? The way I started Go Abundance was I was invited to a mastermind. I didn't say, how much is it? Where right. am I going to be sleeping? Who's <laughs> right. going to be there? I looked at the person who asked me, I go, that's a badass. Yeah. He's asking me to come to his 6,000 square foot home in Colorado and mastermind with 17 other people. Yes. He goes, you don't even ask me how much it is. I don't care. You just knew. You, if you can rip me off, I'll learn. And I'll learn more about you than, than anything else. Right? That's, yeah. There's a thing I, I've been thinking about this lately. Hope is a nice thing, right? People need to have hope. It's nice to wish that things are going to go out the way you want. But those are a downgrade from faith. Mm -hmm. Faith is an emotion of trust that things will work out. And when you truly get that, which I'm working on getting, when your stock market investment goes down 20 grand, you don't freak out. When your net worth goes down because of coronavirus, you don't freak out. Right. When you have faith, you just lean into every day, you give it your best, and you go to sleep and you rest, and you get up and you do it again. Yes. So faith is a great muscle to develop. Yeah, so many good things I wanna tap in. One of those is rule nine, the master of meaning. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the top 10 rules for any of you listening, those top 10 rules are rules that I still follow in my success, in my development, in my life. And master of meaning is what Rock was talking about. When someone invites you, you don't make meaning of it and start to ask questions that aren't serving of the journey you're on. You have faith and you take it and you trust that you're in the right position. You put yourself in the right spot and in the right room with the right people. But there's something else you said in there that I want to go back to, which is you know, finding the purpose. And obviously it's a men on purpose podcast and you're a man on purpose. So I want to go way back. How did you, I mean, you, you've got some really rough start in your life. You got a really rough start in your life. How did you determine that this was going to be your path? Cause you're, I mean, you're at a, a very high level now in terms of a, a coach and mentor and leader and movement maker. And, and that's not how it's always been. So for someone that's driving in their car right now, they're listening at their work or they're sitting at their house because coronavirus is still going on. Like, how did you get that started? What did you keep doing? And how did you have that faith in yourself to, to become who you are today? You know, people ask me, how come you became rich? I go, because I hated being poor. <laughs> right. You know, I think that, you know, this, how you do anything is how you do everything. I learned from my father that when you do something, you should do it better than anybody expects. And he was really good at telling me that it was never good enough, which built a muscle of me getting better and better. And so many people feel like, oh, I don't know my purpose and I'm a waiter and I'm a this and I'm a that. And I, just say, I, I don't feel excited. I turn that around and I go, whatever I do to the best of my ability, which I've picked 8,000 oranges in my backyard due to coronavirus in my neighbor's yards because they don't want to pick them. <laughs> 8,000 oranges. I've got a freezer full of freshly squeezed oranges for the next six months. <laughs> and why did I do that? Because I'm a fucking man on purpose. Yeah. And I'm going to find a purpose wherever I am. And that's the distinction. You don't need a purpose. You need to be purposeful. You need to be full of fucking purpose yes. wherever you go. I was golfing yesterday. I met a guy in the ninth hole. Super good looking guy. Like I, I come up to him. I go, can I join you? sharp, well-dressed, fit. He looked like somebody. You know when you see somebody and you're like, who is that, that? That's somebody, yeah, yep. 
And I'm look at him and I'm watching him. He steps up at the first tee. He cracks it 280 down the middle. And I'm oh. like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, literally, I know that hole. I played a lot. I'm like, that's the, I go, you couldn't place it better. And he goes, oh, thanks. Just very humble. I step up and I'm watching my inner narrative go, oh my God, don't like make a terrible shot. <laughs> a complete idiot. He's not going to want to play. He's going to oh my God, I'm stuck with this guy. And I said, no, change the narrative. You know, go in your routine. Just be you. I crack it down the middle and we drive up there. Our two balls are one yard apart. Nice, nice. It is a little longer, so I had to go first, but I was the first person on the green. And you know, men, like there's this thing like kind of mutual respect, like, okay, all right, right? Yeah. So we started to chat. He worked on Wall Street, et cetera. Long story short, we're going to go to dinner. We became friends and he thanked me for an incredible nine holes, great conversation, interacting. The point being on your purpose question, Ian, is I could have just sauntered up there. I could have been intimidated by him. Mm -hmm. I could have been rude with him. I could have been stayed to myself. But I was purposeful in the time spent with that individual. And now I have a new friend, a new relationship, somebody who's well connected with people in the NFL. Uh, I love, like people that are connected because I like to always have a chance to meet greater people. And that all happened because I was a man on purpose, in my opinion. No, I, I absolutely love that. You know, I want to uh, I want to take a quick break real quick. And then when we come back, I want to get into the seven P's. You know what I'm talking about? Your seven P's. So everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Be right back with Rock Thomas. In the meantime, make sure you go to mentalpurposepodcast.com to find out anything you want about Rock Thomas. So it'll be mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Rock Thomas. We'll be right back. The Men on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Personal Performance Mastery Coaching and Consulting. Guys, are you struggling with fulfillment, reaching your fullest potential, depth of your relationships, or just can't stop dreaming about what your life would be like at the next level? Men from all over the world are making the commitment to personal performance mastery and living the life of their dreams. If you are ready to share authentically, dream vividly, and live purposefully, be decisive. Take action by going to menonpurposepodcast.com and click on the personal performance mastery icon to apply for your discovery session today. Time isn't slowing down. Stop living by default and expecting that one day it will be better. It's time to live life on purpose and make the most out of every single moment. Men on purpose live up to their fullest potential, feel fulfillment in every area of their lives, have deeper relationships, make the most of their moments and never have regrets. To apply for a discovery call today, go to menonpurposepodcast.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're here with my great friend and mentor, Rock Thomas, and we're talking about some deep stuff, so I'm going to get right into it. I want to talk to Rock, and I want him to talk about the seven Ps, and what do I mean by that? It's pay the price of practice in private to perform perfectly in public. And don't wrap your head around perfect and all the meaning and all the crap. Just follow that pay the price of practice in private to perform purposely or perfectly in public. That, that is a huge lesson that I still take today into everything that I do because you taught me that when I took over, before I took over the, the podcast for you, but I learned that and I practiced in the mirror and I never wanted to show up without being polished. And it wasn't an insecurity thing and it wasn't a fear thing. It was a, this guy is giving me his time I better not waste it. I better show up developed 
more than I was the last time I showed up. And that's where the seven P's comes in. Just give us your background on your theory on that, like how you like started owning that and started teaching it. So I've studied successful people my whole life. Muhammad Ali talked about working out at 4.30 in the morning, hating it, but paying the price to be you know, amazing, to be fantastic, to be the greatest. When you look at Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or hockey players that many of you don't know, but I'm from Canada, every time I studied the best, I heard that they were the first to show up and the last to leave. Yep. And they were tireless and they were relentless and making a hundred three-foot putts in a row or hitting golf balls until your hands bled. So I started to make this picture of myself is that most people aren't willing to do that. You, you see somebody that performs on stage and you think, oh, easy for Tony Robbins, easy for Celine Dion, easy for that person that is that Cirque du Soleil. They must be flexible. They're from Russia. They're lucky, whatever. And you downplay it. But when you really dig into it, there's this price that's paid. And yeah. the price is this incredible focused energy of effort during the practice like people were watching. So that when you are in public, that muscle is so developed that the standards for your behavior are already embedded in the cells of your body. Yeah. And that requires massive investment in your desired end result. And that's the part I think that most people don't get. And you and I know in the Sunday system for success, we practice that part in the emotionalization of each meeting. Yeah. How are we going to show up? How much of us is going to show up? You see, I don't believe that time is necessarily more valuable than money. I believe that the energy and focus you bring to each hour of your life, that's the difference maker. Anybody yeah. can go. You've seen people go to the gym and work out and look at their phone on the treadmill while they're walking at one mile an hour. You know <laughs> right. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And then you see the other person that goes in there like Sherry Shaban for 20 minutes and does Tabata and leaves drenched wet. Right. Right. Now that person has an extra 40 minutes on the other person and they've gone, they're on to their way to do something else. So yeah. I, we're back to the same conversation, Ian. Purposeful, yep. intentional about every hour of your life and then things will come to you. Things will be attracted to you. Yeah. 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 You know, the thing that I'm reminded of besides the seven P's is visualization that I've always had since I was a kid. And I want to talk about that power of visualization real quick, because that's one of the like rule number three, exploit your gifts, uh, sharpen your skills, yeah. exploit your gifts. Yeah. The one thing that you taught was that it doesn't matter what that gift is, as long as it's not illegal, immoral or unethical sharpen that shit because somebody needs you for that. The world needs you for that. And I, I found that visualization, the power of visualization and, and getting all the senses involved helped me on my journey because kind of like the, the seven Ps, when I visualized it hard and I smelled it and tasted it and felt it, like I had already done it. So when it came, I'd already been there before in my mind, like really immersed, emerged into that, that, that thing. So I know that I talk to people about the power of visualization and I want you to talk about like the way that you talk to me about it because it is a very powerful tool. And so like, what was it that helped you figure out that visualization could be that, that game changer for you? You know, I think it's a series of recognitions. I remember playing hockey and I was a defenseman. I would go up sometimes and then I would lose the puck and then I would chase 
the guys going the other way. And a lot of the other players would give up. They'd like, I can't catch them. And I always had visualized that just before the guy's going to shoot the puck, he's going to pause as he tries to choose his target on the net. And that pause, if I went full speed, might be enough for me to catch up. And once in a while, I would just be able to lift his stick up and grab the puck just before he's about to shoot. And it would drive them crazy. <laughs> and my teammates would go bazonkers with recognition for me. Got so it. maybe I was driven by this desire for significance to be that kid that never gave up. But it came from this picture that I put in my mind of being the hero. And there I was willing to pay the price in practice of private to be the hero. And it started with the vision, then the practice, and then the execution. Got it. I love that, man. I absolutely love that. Something else that I really have been able to shift in my life is my identity. And my identity used to be wrapped around the things that were meaningful, quote unquote, in my life. The things that were emotional or the things that I held my ego in. And I was able to shift my identity over the last five years. I mean, you've seen it. I mean, you, you remember me when I was fresh in that one. Yes, I was willing to say yes and to sharpen my skills all the time, but egotistical and selfish are two words that you've used uh, toward me before. So, you know, shifting that identity is not easy. What's the first slash path, you know, first step slash path that somebody can take to reshift, refocus, like, like turn their identity from, like, especially in a time like this, from the... I don't have time and, and I'm just a, a family man and I go to this job and I come home and I, I'm just in this vicious cycle to a purposeful identity of choice and, and the power of choice and doing what they choose in life. Yeah, well, I mean, give it context. We all, we all tell ourselves a story about our life. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not a morning person. I'm a procrastinator. I'm funny. And that's based a lot on references of people telling you, you know, you're you're good looking or you're not or whatever. And then you start to believe it and it creates your identity. And that identity now becomes a script for your life. What I learned at a very young age is just because I grew up working hard and with manual labor didn't need it mean I needed to always do that. I could shift and become somebody that works smart and empowered people. Yeah. I was not always an author, but if I was willing to learn and develop those skills that right. I could become an author and then I became an author and it became easier to become a multiple author and an author of audiobooks, etc. So in my book, The Power of Your Identity, we talk about this force called your story that will stay with you forever unless you consciously decide that you want to shift. Yep. And you first start by being aware. What is my story? Yeah. What am I telling myself about myself? And then you go through the five steps in my book and you go, okay, you know, is it useful me believing I'm not a morning person? Is it useful me believing that I'm ugly? Is it useful me believing that I'll never amount to much? And you'll find in many cases, probably 80% of the time, there's labels that don't serve you. So then you upgrade them. I went from ugly pizza face to ruggedly handsome. I went from working hard to working smart. I went from somebody that was dyslexic and couldn't spell to an author. So you can shift it. It just requires some steps and energy. The easy way to explain it is you have software, you have shitty programmers called people that weren't trained like your neighbors, parents, and brothers and sisters. And now you consciously go into program your software. But the problem with that is you got to defrag some of the old patterns that are deep. 
yeah before yeah. you can install the new ones and then when you install the new ones you've got to ingrain them and there's a methodology to that and and that's really what the whole i am movement is about the words that follow i am follow you until you create a new story yeah i want to talk more i want you to well i want you to talk more about the i am movement so we've got a we've got a couple minutes left and i kind of want to i want to wrap up with the i am movement and then the top 10 rules course that i think is is absolutely phenomenal so the i am movement obviously we just heard why you did it but like just talk more about that well, you know, I, when I did the Goldcast video, we expected a couple million people to see it. And it went viral all across the world. A hundred million people saw it. I've had now over 65,000 of my books downloaded. I've had tens of thousands of personal messages and still hundreds of thousands of messages on YouTube that I'll never get to. I just can't even keep up with them. Yeah. And the essence of the story came down to this. People related to my story because I talked about the labels my father gave me that I had trouble shaking. And then when I met a new programmer, I could change it. And so many people have been given labels by the people that love them or they want them to love them that handicap them or hold them hostage to, you know, you're stupid, you're small, you're skinny, you're unreliable. And parents are frustrated. They're trying to work hard. They, 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 they're stressed out. They went through the war or whatever. My father was fed hamburger meat. His his mother fed the dog steak. How did he feel about himself? Yeah. Less than a dog. Right. He passed down some of that programming to me, not on purpose, but because that's what he witnessed. So the story is don't believe the story you tell about yourself and then get around some coaches or mentors that can help you work through it and create a higher version of yourself. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Where does somebody start? Like obviously joining the, the I am movement, the mastermind and reading your books, where can somebody start in their life? Literally in this moment, is it journaling? Is it like, where does somebody start? I'll give them a quick exercise, write down the 10 worst things you say about yourself, the 10 best things, then cross out the worst things and give it an upgrade. So if let's say you say I'm lazy, turn that into I'm an energizer bunny. Yeah. And then put the 20 words or sentences together and then read them in the morning, noon and night for 30 days and start to believe them. If you don't believe you're an energizer bunny, just say every day and every way I'm becoming more and more like an energizer bunny. <laughs> so yep. you can, your mind can start to believe it and you can start to take it on and eventually you'll act it out. So yes. that's the 30 second version of my book. What if somebody says, I don't know, Rock, that sounds weird. I don't think that works. I tried that before. I don't know, man. That's, that's kind of awkward standing in front of a mirror like that. What do you yeah, say yeah. to somebody like that? I get it. I yeah. get it. It yeah. is awkward and weird. And <laughs> what will change that is when you're around a bunch of other people that are awkward and weird. Yeah. If you've ever seen that thing on Facebook, it shows a group of people on a hillside looking down the hill about 200 people on the hill and one girl stands up and she starts kind of dancing a little bit and she's oh, the yeah. only person dancing and then she stays long enough and another person gets up and dances with her and and then three people before you know it you know the whole hill is dancing yeah so you got to find your tribe of people that are willing to do awkward shit that works <laughs> right and then you change your life but yeah. if you are the only one in your office going, make your move, yeah, right. you know, and, and people are like, what the hell? That was me in my office. People are like, what is that? I didn't care. I was so desperate 
to live a rich, successful, plentiful life and the best dad for my kids that I didn't care what, because most people, let's face it, most people are not living on purpose. No. Most people are trying to avoid pain. So when people tell me I'm a little crazy or I'm doing crazy stuff, I'm like, good, I'm on the right path. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally, I I mean, I see that. The first time I saw you do some of this stuff, I was like, I have to do that? This is that's strange. <laughs> is that going to, you know, actually one of the things I think might resonate with people is what I thought was, I don't think that's going to work for me. That works for him, yeah. but I don't think that's going to work for me. And you have to choose a path. And I, I remember doing a rituals of the rich and successful exercise. And it was a part of visualization and it hit. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. And I just started seeing small amounts of, of trace evidence that this was working. And I want to share one more thing with the audience before we wrap up is I remember setting intentions with you when I first started doing this, uh, this journey with the M1 tribe. And I set intentions with you because I wanted you to know that I wasn't a firecracker, you know, that I wasn't just going to come in hot and burn out. Lighter fluid. Right, right. And I set an intention to help you build this tribe. I set an intention yeah. to become your friend and be invited to your home on a personal level in Canada. And then I set an intention to help you build the tribe meant refer people in, which I've, I've done. And, I, and, and then I said all these other things, but the third one was be on a private jet with you and Tony Robbins, right? Mm-hmm. And that hasn't happened and it will. It will. <laughs> and then you said to me, does it have to be with Tony? Does it have to be Tony's jet? Could it be my jet? And I said, it could be any jet. I just want to be on a jet with you. So like, I want to be high altitude, talking high level, doing cool shit. You know, I remember in 2018, when I got to your house before a mastermind, it was May, you picked me up from the airport at one in the morning and you came back and you're like, all right, buddy, I'm going back to bed. And you're, all your shit's downstairs. You'll figure it out in this big ass house. And you grabbed my shoulders and dude, I, I got emotional at this, at this point, you grabbed my shoulders and you said, whatever you do tonight, you don't go to bed until you fucking believe that you did this. And dude, you're, for anybody that knows rock, the dude's intense as shit when he stares into your soul. And dude, I, that stuck with me, rock. And I, I, I thank you all the time, but I, I valued that so much because I went downstairs in your house and I looked in the mirror and I said, I did this. And it took me 48 minutes for it to click that I did this. I set intentions. I visualized this. I followed the rules. I, I followed you. I listened. I sharpened my skills. I did all this shit and I did this. Now I can do anything that I put my mind to and that I see in my mind. Anything's now possible. And I went out and I got that tattoo on my arm. It says limitless possibilities because I fucking believed it at that point. And that will stick with me forever. I instill that in my children, all my coaching students, anybody that calls me, just start small and start seeing those little signs of evidence adding up and then tell yourself, I did this. I was responsible for this. I can do the next thing too. Because nothing's too big when you build that foundation. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. It's just a shift in my life. I forgot about that story. That's powerful. That's it really is. good. Yeah. Yeah. And when people ask me, well, how did you know when it clicked? It's when I got emotional, when that emotion came back up. When you grabbed my shoulders, I felt this overwhelm of like emotion, like I was going to start to cry. And I'm like, nah, dude, it's 1 a.m. Like, don't do that. Don't, you know, this fucking guy just, just picked you up from the airport, you know? 
But <laughs> when I got back downstairs, I kind of was just exploring the basement. And then I got into the bathroom. And when that emotion came back, that's when I knew it had solidified that I now believe that. So for anybody listening, when emotion shows up, it's telling you something. It's resistance yeah. in some capacity. It's that you just got through something or that you need to get through something or that you need to rid yourself of something. It's very simple. So that's our show, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You and I could chat all day long, but uh, it's great to pop by and uh, pitch and catch with you, brother. Yeah. I loved it. I really very grateful for you coming on. I know the audience is going to get a lot out of this. So thank you. Listen, the, uh, you know, rock brought a ton of value and information and education and experience to the show today. And, you know, I want to thank him and I want to thank all of our loyal listeners out there who are rating and reviewing and downloading the show and, and supporting me in this takeover. And, and as we continue to push this movement up and out to the world of, of men on freaking purpose. And remember, you can go to menonpurposepodcast.com forward slash rock Thomas to find out anything you want about rock the M1 Mastermind, the Top 10 Rules, all of Rock's books, the I Am Movement, and all the other stuff that Rock's into. Love feedback, love comments and suggestions. So again, mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Rock Thomas. Remember, thank you for tuning in. We all have a choice. Choose to be on purpose. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests, or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward. <laughs>